0: Hi there, local Citizens. It's Florence Adu, and I'm back. For this episode, I am in Lagos, Nigeria, and I'm meeting with an old and wonderful friend, Mr. Amechi Okobi. He is, I want to say, really one of the epitomes of what local citizenship is like, and you're gonna learn a lot about that in our conversation. But I'll give you a brief intro to Mr. O'Kobe. He is the Group Head Corporate Communications and External Affairs at Access Bank. He is a cyclist, he is a father, and he is an art lover. So, I'm going to pass it on to you, Meiji. Welcome to Global Citizens.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: So, tell us more about who
1: you are. So like you said, I'm a cyclist. Mm-hmm. I'm actually driven by my passions. I happen to be a marketing person who's in banking. Mm. But if you ask me who I am, I would say cyclist first. Okay. I would say art collector second. Okay. And then I would say banker.
0: Banker, okay. right, right, right. Okay, I like that. Uh, where are you from?
1: I am from Nigeria. Specifically, I'm from Delta State, Asaba.
0: Okay. Wonderful. Tell us more about, so you said, if you asked me, first of all, you're, or if we were to ask you, you're first a cyclist. So as you know, this podcast is a little bit about like your craft that you create and generate um, income or like mostly people's jobs, mm-hmm. but that you think of yourself as a cyclist first, how did that come to be such a passion for you? And, uh, and how does that potentially relate to your work?
1: Okay. So, so cycling is, I believe the toughest sport. Cycling is a means through which I stay healthy. Cycling will help me live till I'm 90. And if I can cycle till then, better. But cycling also is about challenges. It's about driving yourself beyond what you think possible. It's about setting goals and driving for those goals. Um, You can do it by yourself, or you can do it as part of a team. So how does that translate to work life perfectly? Because in your career, in your work, it's about setting goals. It's about setting goals that seem insurmountable and just hunkering down and going after those goals and achieving. So there are very, very definite parallels between my cycling
0: and my career. Got it, makes a lot of sense. So let's get a little bit into the nitty gritty. So, you're here living in Lagos and I don't think of Lagos as a city of cyclers. So so tell us a little bit more about how you discovered it, how you because I've seen you grow in this in this passion of yours and it's wonderful okay. and so tell us a little bit more how all Right.
1: I, so I, first I, of all, a small correction, cyclists.
0: Cyclists.
1: Yes. Okay. No, cyclists want to be called a cycler.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: none. None. I know of none. So wonderful. Um, okay,
0: good. I like that.
1: So yeah. Now, how did I start cycling in Lagos? Definitely the roads are not great. Yeah. Definitely it's it's mad motorists. Mm-hmm. So you find that a lot of us tend to ride in packs. Okay. But because of the fact that the average cyclist is pretty well healed. He's he's not or she's not your one of the mill Nigerian. So these people are bankers, they're lawyers, they're doctors, they're politicians. These aren't Regular folk. Mm. So because of that fact, motorists kind of give us mm. the respect that we deserve.
0: Okay. Not yeah.
1: as big men and big women, but sure. just as, okay, these guys are doing this thing. And if I hit one of them, I have a whole lot more than just a bad day. So so sure. today they kind of just respect. let us be. Yes, yeah. yes. So, yeah, so yeah. in that regard, we're lucky. And, and and they see us. You're up at five o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. Right. You're riding. We're not doing this for any prizes. Sure. So they're like, okay, this person must be a little crazy. Let me <laughs> just leave him or her alone. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 it works.
0: It sounds a little bit like admiration. It's kind of like when you see, like when I go training, people are often, no one bothers me, you know? Exactly. They give you the, yay, yes. go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's wonderful. Okay, so where, uh, and thinking globally, you said you're from Nigeria, born in Asaba. Where else have you
1: lived in the world? Okay, no, did you say born in a Yes. We're no, here. I was born in New York.
0: Aha, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, so you are a Nigerian American, I think. Yes, guess. I am. Yes. yes, I am. Right. Yes. So how did you find your way back to back
1: and forth? Um, okay. So I lived in New York for quite some time. And for the longest time I never thought of coming back home as an option. Mm-hmm. I was happy in New York. I had a life in New York, and New York made sense. But Nigeria and Africa kind of calls to you. You have responsibilities, you have parents, you have siblings. People look up to you and wonder, okay, you've gone to the U.S., you've learned all this, you've gotten your education, you've gotten all this learning behind you, bring it back home to solve our problems. So it wasn't a hard sell. Once I got on the plane, I knew I was going back home. I actually went on vacation, and then I get here and I meet other Nigerians who are also from diaspora, who are doing incredible things. And one day it hit me that I can do so much more in Nigeria for Nigeria than I can ever do in the U.S. Right. And it just made sense. And, And I was lucky in that through contacts that I made and through contacts that I got introduced to, things were pretty smooth sailing. There were challenges, there were ups and downs, Mm -hmm. definitely. But it was a pretty smooth transition. It wasn't difficult to move back.
0: So you bring up a good point because you had a smooth transition. Do you think, so for example, in Ghana, people who went to secondary school and have like an old school network, they typically have a little bit more facility in terms of accessing certain institutions and certain organizations because of that kind of old school friends, school buddies, school boys, school girls um, network. So did you do secondary school? You actually did not go to secondary school here. No. So in looking at it, is that something that is Nigerian as well? And what do you attribute beyond just, you know, seeing people and being inspired to your ability to have such a softish landing?
1: Well so my parents played a good role. Okay. I'm also quite a social person. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. So I would go to events with a mind to meeting people mm-hmm. and getting into the Nigerian system. I would meet someone and ask for contacts and meet somebody else and just keep growing that network. Mm-hmm. So it was it was quite it was quite deliberate because I didn't have the Nigerian network ready-made. And all the friends I had from my earlier years were too far gone. So you can mm-hmm. come in and say, hey, remember we were in high school sure. or when primary school? Sure. That that wouldn't have worked out. Right. Um, so it was just meeting brand new people and presenting my authentic self.
0: Mm.
1: And that's really what it
0: was. Cool. Cool. I like that. Okay, so here I'm going to pivot to one of my regular features, which is my global speak segment or question. What I ask my guests is, what do you hear? You know, what is a word or phrase or saying that is a meaningful part of your local experience? And why or how have you come to value it as global speak?
1: Okay, so one thing Nigerians say a lot. Um, the, the slang for Nigeria by Nigerians is Niger. So you hear Niger know they carry last. Niger
0: know they carry
1: last. Exactly. And what that says is that we will not take last place.
0: Okay. So
1: uh, our struggle, Champions. our Yes, yes. <laughs> So our struggle, our drive, our push for number one mm-hmm. is very real. Mm-hmm. And if there's any kind of challenge, competition, endeavor, the Nigerian is not going to fall short. Sure. And Nigerians truly, truly believe it. And so do I.
0: I, and I think that the world sees it,
1: right? <laughs> good, good, Yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah.
0: I was looking at some, I think you sent it to me, a video that basically was bigging up, not bigging up, you know, we have these policies that are becoming very um, exclusionary to different groups in different countries, different nationalities. And it's displayed that or expressed that Nigerians are more educated, more well-off, more everything, not everything, but as compared to even the general public
1: Absolutely. in the U.S. Absolutely. So, I mean,
0: clearly that we don't carry last. Yes. know Carrie Lass. Yes, 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 is, uh, it definitely fits. It's definitely, it definitely a cultural fits. ethic, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. So let's talk more about, so we talked about cycling, let's talk about the group head role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Corporate communications and external affairs at a bank. Yes. You all do some really wonderful things in the, the impact space. But so, so and, and generally, so tell us more about your, the technical aspects of your work, how you, how you get the word out about who access is and what okay. the vision for the bank.
1: So, so first of all, access bank in my mind is the bank. That's, that's the first thing. I truly, truly believe that. And I wouldn't be working at the bank if I didn't. So access bank is driven by a desire to create impact. And I truly believe that the average Access Bank employee has gotten tired of the narrative, has gotten tired of the fact that on any random channel in the Western world, Nigeria and Africa isn't portrayed in a positive light for a bunch of different reasons. One, it's, it's good news. It sells newspapers and it's just, it's an easy target. So at Access Bank, all the initiatives that we push and drive art X, the marathon bar fest every work with women everything is about letting first of all letting nigerians know that we support these initiatives but letting the world know that something beautiful can come out of nigeria and by extension africa mm-hmm. so you pull off a marathon we're telling the world we're on, we're putting, on, putting them on notice that we can pull off a marathon In-
0: in Lagos. In Lagos. Places, in right. Lagos.
1: Yeah. And get silver label. And if I may just brag for a minute, the marathon organizers in Beirut mm-hmm. recently sent me an email that they want to come talk about how to execute their marathon in Beirut mm-hmm. because they've heard and seen sure. what we have done. So yeah. that, that gives me a sense of joy and a sense of pride. But, but it's not just me. It's every employee in the bank. So... We want to make change. We're going to make change. And we want the world to know. So I don't know if that answers the question, but that's it, really what drives it, us.
0: It, it does. And so you speak about change. I want to ask you more specifically about another of your projects. But before then, how do you measure impact? So you you want to do this. And, you know, banks are kind of the big, bad, rich fathers. It's so. I mean, I, I see it in all banks. So they're, they're making a lot of, there's a lot of money. Yes. And so me working in a social space and having to try to talk to banks and talk to people about what exactly are their goals for choosing which kind of endeavors. Is it that they actually have figured out metrics for really saying we're doing this, not only because we think it feels good for what have you, there's something beyond that. So how do you, how do you measure impact? How do you?
1: There's a definite feel good factor. And when you talk to people, you see it, you hear it, you feel it. Sadly, we haven't number of women we touch, for example, can be very easily tracked. Mm-hmm. Number of schools we're involved in building, we can definitely track. Number of students that we touch um, through our initiatives, they make it through secondary school and going on into university, we can definitely track. We have a W initiative that oversees the maternal health system, I think it's called, and. This helps women with their maternal issues. It helps it helps families complete. So we we support fertility mm-hmm. programs. Mm-hmm. So women that want to go through in vitro services and all that mm-hmm. through MHSs we su- we support that, mm-hmm. and you can track how many women mm-hmm. that we have actually helped.
0: What is it, M?
1: It's maternal H- health service, service, service system, system. I think, and, okay. and I should know that. It's disgraceful sure, that I don't. Sure, sure. But yes, but basically talks to maternal health. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing about in particular maternal health, so we get audited okay. all the time. We apply for awards and they ask us, for example, you just asked me, how do we track these initiatives? How do we know it's working? And we can track everything, but how many women have gone through our fertility program. When you think about fertility, we're not at the maturity level in Nigeria where a woman can happily tell you, oh yes, this was through oh, in vitro. Okay. So they just kind of have to take our word for the fact that we have helped 15 women, hundred women, 200 women. Mm-hmm. They take our word for it. But oftentimes, so last year, they actually wanted to call somebody. We try to keep the names private. We try to keep the names of children private. So we'll never actually put their names out there because again, like I said, there's still an unfortunate stigma around yeah. these treatments. Sure. But because we're being audited, and we had to fill out this application for, for this award. We had to talk to one particular woman and get her permission for the auditor to call her. And she raised all kinds of hell. Well, I don't want to. Well, should I? da 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 So we convinced her. Okay. So they called. We had on speakerphone. Mm-hmm. And this guy, who obviously had no... He wasn't as savvy as he should be about the sensitivities. Right. Of
0: what this fertility
1: is. treatment and sure. all of that. So sure. he's asking questions that... I wouldn't have asked essentially, but he asked these questions, and at some point, this woman went into a very unplanned praise of Access Bank that uh, okay. she feels like we're her family now. If she could, she would name the baby Access, <laughs> and it was just incredible. But okay. but you could hear the emotion in her voice, so we had to signal the guy, Okay,
0: you got what you need, you got what you want now, yeah,
1: stop sure. and, and just take our word for it that it's not something we want to be doing. Uh-huh. So, so that's it. A little okay. more difficult to track. Sure, and right, that's kind of the do.
0: quiet victories.
1: Yes, exactly. Particularly having exactly. to
0: be conscious of culture, right? So there are there are those things that, you know, we hope to evolve so that more people can have help. But yes. yeah, it is those sensitivities. Interesting, Very delicate. Interesting. So speaking of awards and, and other, this year you have something big coming up that Access is a part of. Tell us more yes. about what that's about.
1: So on the 26th of September, we're Mark part, your calendar. Yes. We're we're part of the Global Citizen Festival. Poverty is a big deal in Africa. And I mean the statistics show that it's just we're in a desperate, desperate place, but we can fight it. And we have a target to essentially eradicate poverty by twenty thirty. Twenty thirty. Yes. So global citizen is fighting. Poverty in Africa, and we're sponsoring the Nigeria leg of it. So, they're going to have a concert in Nigeria, in I think five, New York, mm-hmm. and three other countries. Right. So, um, Access Bank is, is essentially driving the yeah. Nigeria leg. So, we'll have about five or six or seven artists that'll come and perform mm-hmm. in Nigeria in a place called Tefaha Square, but it'll be running simultaneously or so in tandem with other concerts around, around the, the world. world. So. If you remember Live Aid and We Are The World, Uh that that kind of um, Uh
0: magnitude of of concert
1: and event, that's that's what we're doing. But it's tiresome when an international body comes to Nigeria or Africa to help you fight poverty. I was never a big fan Mm -hmm. of the Live Aid initiative and the We Are The World and all of that Mm -hmm. because I think it is a Nigeria problem. It's an Africa problem. So really, we should... Lead the charge. We should fight the fight. And if international bodies want to support and be a part of, then great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when it's the other way around, it's not sustainable. It really isn't yeah. because because it's their fight and we're kind of just tagging right. along. Exactly, so, no.
0: we're dumping our problem at the doorstep exactly. and not getting exactly the kinds of capacity building that we necessarily need. So, so is that something that, to own it. that Global Citizen is looking at it? a bit differently in terms of how they're addressing um, the yes. issues. Because the, the crux of it, if I understand it correctly, is that this movement is about empowering people in communities to do something. Yes, and yes. And so, yes. yeah.
1: So Global Citizen does see that. And they're going to have a team that comes and works in Nigeria with, with my team mm-hmm. um, in, in, in Access Bank to essentially amplify this. So the, the drive is to get every single Nigerian to own this and mm. to fight this fight. Mm. And global citizens is aware of that and, and they're okay with that. So they'll come with the expertise and all of that, mm-hmm. but Nigerians would take the charge and lead the charge and drive the
0: charge. Okay, and your role is really awareness. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right, right, like really. So 2019, there were, so if anyone... There was a big one in the UK, there was New York. So this is a new endeavor, the simulcast, right? Yes, like this yes. is the first time ever. So that's kind of awesome. It's big. Nigeria gets to be a part of like Absolutely. the the live aid of the new generation. Exactly.
1: <laughs> last last year was in um I think it was in Cape Town.
0: Oh, okay. So or, that was Johannesburg,
1: uh, but yes. But okay. but this year it's in,
0: in Africa. Nigeria. Yes. Oh ah, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we're September Twenty six. We're going to be looking at what's going on here in Lagos. That's a global, that's global (laughs) citizen. No S, right? Yes, citizen, citizen.
1: citizen. But we're
0: talking with a global citizen. (laughs) I had to chuckle on that. I know you did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's a question for you. Yes. What is your favorite or innovative mindset hack? Now, this is something that you can imagine or one that you already know of. Okay.
1: So, you know, things, things have to be done. And in my mind, I try and get myself to a place where I tell myself it has to be done. Not always comfortable, not always pleasant, but if it has to be done, it has to be done. And you can't push it away. So it's like, it's like you have a challenge, you have a problem. You can walk away from it. You can run away from it, but it's still there. So if it has to be done, it has to be done. Just get on with it. Mm. That's, that's really where it is. And again, it talks to the my cyclist mindset. Mm, There's yeah. a hill you have to face,
0: right? Because otherwise, where are you going to go? Exactly, you can't go around it. You, you
1: cannot. The, you place. just have to hit it and, and just go. Yeah. So it's as it's as simple as it's as simple as just just
0: keep just keep, keep going, keep just keep get going. it done. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that It is. It's very simple, but you can imagine all the obstacles that we construct. Absolutely. And are sometimes constructed for us, but true, but the true. I, it's, that's a great hack is like just. Reprogram. (laughs) Completely. Keep going.
1: There will always be obstacles, real and imagined. Yes. They'll they'll be there. And like you said, some are put there by you. Mm -hmm. Some are put there by others. Mm -hmm. Some are just situational. Mm -hmm. We live in Nigeria. We don't always have power. We don't always have fast internet. We don't always have good roads. Right. We just have to figure out this thing needs to be done. So figure it out. Make it happen.
0: I think that's one of the, the things that we... I guess almost sometimes um, don't empower ourselves with is that the African will figure out a solution, you know? And even if it's not the, because I think what we have is we have these deficiencies that are just based on exposure. So even though it may not be the best solution, the, the survival instinct of Africans has necessarily been, okay, let's figure this out. Yes. So the outcome may not be, you know, always the most efficient or effective, but it's in our ethic. And so it's kind Absolutely. of, as you say, the najja no... Najja no last. I mean, if all Africans had that kind of...
1: <laughs> on the moon by now.
0: Right. You're on the moon. Sure, sure, sure. You know, if Ghana said, oh, if Kotiwa said, oh... Think exactly. of we'd be. I mean, and even to be more competitive amongst each other, that creates, you know, that's what, what has created all of, you know, forward movement. And I competition. The space race was what? It was all about who gets there first. Get there before the Russians. Exactly. Yes, yes. So just get it done, folks. Get it done. Well, what yes. do you want to tell us a little bit more about banking? So, in, in, in my,
1: way? okay, so first of all, yeah. I'm not a traditional
0: banker. Right. Exactly. Right.
1: My background is marketing. Yes. So I've done...
0: Tell us Yeah. Yes. You so. have a real road you
1: travel.
0: <laughs> Tell us more.
1: So marketing. I worked at Revlon in ah. brand management in New York. I moved to Nigeria. I worked at Nigerian Breweries, which is Heineken partnered. Mm-hmm. I worked at Diageo, who managed or who created Johnny Walker and so Bailey's and Ciroc. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Power brand, power brand. So from Diageo, which is a traditional proper marketing, I get a call to come try banking. Mm-hmm. Now, beer is sexy, whiskey and spirits also sexy. Cosmetics, obviously, very sexy. Banking is not so sexy. Banking is intimidating. It's conservative. It's serious. It's it's Johnny's school fees. It's somebody's mortgage. So this is serious business. So you you cannot do marketing the way you would do for a consumer good, right? like a Johnny Walker or a Smirnoff or a Heineken. Mm -hmm. But consumers are still the same people Mm -hmm. who still want to be engaged, who still want to be respected for their needs and their views and their drivers. Mm -hmm. So you just have to kind of have a little mind switch and think, okay, I'm still dealing with consumers, but the product now is a service. Mm -hmm. Right. So... Do I love it? I'm absolutely, I have the best job in the world.
0: Oh, in the world. Completely. Challenge, you <laughs> folks out there. Who's going to come? No, I can imagine how interesting it is because when people think about their money and their future, they definitely engage in a different way. Completely. Right? And so in terms of influencing culture, because I also know that your general consumer, and I think probably a bigger part of your business is the B2B banking right but when you look at the everyday person and, and bringing them along because that's a big part of maintaining your status as a you know with deposits we have a culture of money in the pillowcase yes. and under the house and yes. things like that and and you know in a country of almost 200 million people that's something to think about so yeah. how do how do you see moving into more I guess, at ease with the banking and trust mm-hmm. with institutions. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's there, but yes. I can imagine half of the people don't have bank accounts. Yes.
1: Okay, so so first of all, you are right. There's there's 200 plus, close to 200 million Nigerians. Of that 200 million Nigerians, probably about 50, 55 million have accounts. Right. Probably even less, exactly. right? So that leaves the large population of Nigeria unbanked. So financial inclusion is is something we take very seriously Mm -hmm. because you do have, we're the most entrepreneurial entrepreneurial individuals that I know of, right? Mm -hmm. So so you have people that run businesses, you have people that hawk on the street, and they're generating income, Mm -hmm. but they don't have bank accounts. Mm -hmm. Why don't they have bank accounts and how can we make that happen? So Access Bank recently merged with Diamond Bank. Now traditionally, up until about a year ago, Access Bank was pretty much known as a wholesale bank, a corporate bank. So we had corporate clients and that's who we ran sure. with. Diamond Bank was known for being a retail bank. Okay. They knew the consumer and they worked with the consumer and they appealed to the masses. So we essentially merged our two strengths. You now have the wholesale corporate side and you have the retail side. So now we have about 45 million customers. But oh.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's a good mark. That's a good no, chunk no, of the market are,
1: share. We're huge now. Sure. Definitely in terms of customer base we're the largest. Okay. So, uh, I think the next the next is maybe even I think maybe 15 15 million 20 wow. million. Wow. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's a huge gap. gap. But yeah. we're not the most profitable. Okay. So, what we're working on right now is how to mine and drive those 45 million customers. Mm-hmm. To be the most profitable bank as well, mm-hmm. and that's where the challenge lies. Mm-hmm. But your question about how do we get more Nigerians to open accounts and to be to actually have banking relationships—that's right. the million-dollar question. Okay. So we're constantly trying to educate, trying to engage, trying to get them to trust a little bit more, mm-hmm. because because the financial industry is a little confusing. Interest rates—what does it mean? Loans—if you default on loan, what happens? Mm-hmm. So we're constantly educating. Right. And that's what our marketing is, yeah. just education, 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 so that they know that this service is actually good for me, it will benefit me and my business.
0: Mm-hmm. Or your family. Or your family, right. exactly. Or your church, exactly. your community. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because the informal economy is highly, I want to say, involved in the mobile money mm-hmm. space. So you have people unbanked, but yet you do have this mobile these new banks, these yes. smaller banks, which yes. are the telecoms. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about how you work with, because you have to have a strategy to work with the telecoms because mm. they can't manage yeah. it all. So how do yeah. you integrate that? How does that mesh with your numbers and your market okay. share compared to what they have?
1: So there's there's no question about the fact that the telcos are a real, if I can use the word threat, they are. Mm. Fintechs are also a real threat. But what makes telcos and fintechs interesting is the fact that they can't, so to have a banking license, risk and compliance is a real issue, right? Because you're messing with people's money. Mm-hmm. So the regulation that we have to deal with that govern how we relate to customers is so stringent. Mm-hmm. And for a telco, even though they have the customer base to come in and just ease into that, there are definite barriers to entry for them. Yes. Because, because the regulatory bodies would just not let it happen. Right. But on the informal side, it is happening and we know it's happening, but let there be a couple of losses mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. or a couple of frauds mm-hmm. happen and they will think differently.
0: Right. So the
1: only way I think this can actually work is through collaboration. Okay, right. So banks and the telcos. So right. MTN, for example, has well over 60, 70 million customers. Mm-hmm. Do they all have bank accounts? Can they all have bank accounts? So we're, so we're working with people like that, your MTNs, right. your Airtels, your Glow's. Right. But, but these, these telcos are definitely ripe for partnership. Sure. And, and that's the way to do it. Sure. End of day is about getting that 200 million Nigerians banked.
0: So does that relationship, look, and this is just me, like I'm a problem solver thinker. So does that relationship with the telcos, because so I have a mobile banking app that has, I can do my mobile money transactions on that app. So, is it being a facilitator for those transactions? Is the the name of the relationship that you're going to have with Telco, or is it that you're ensuring their deposits? Like, are there a, there are a number of different ways that you can have this relationship? Or it's, because I'm assuming that they want they're competing in this market because there's money in it, right? Definitely. Their fees, that what have you? Are there caps on the number of fees that they can? So what would incentivize them to partner with you? Because they can say, I'm fine. I'm doing it on you. my own. Absolutely. Right, exactly. But
1: so what will keep them humble
0: mm-hmm.
1: is the fact that regulations could actually work against them. Okay. And there will be ways to actually make that happen. Sure. Because end of day, the regu- the, body- the regulatory body's responsibility is to protect the consumer. So if I see you doing something and I know isn't good for you, or I know it's fraught with risk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can go after
0: right.
1: the organization doing it.
0: Sure. So it's mostly a risk thing. Yes. Yeah. So risk as long as compliance. they're not being so risky, if they're not, not if they're not compliant, Yes. Then, yeah.
1: so the telcos can do your basic transactions, but there'll be limits. Yes. But telcos could never arrange to give you a home loan, for example. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. The most right. So they and they wouldn't be getting into the micro loan. Right? Nothing of no. the micro loan. No. Yes. Yeah. So it's basically a cash transaction facilitator. Yes. For now. Yeah. Ah, So that's something to be watching. What happens next in that space? Okay. So now (laughs) I know your time, my friends is coming. So I always ask my guests a few questions that go deeper into just who they are so that that also gives people insight into how deep they can go into themselves. So let me ask you this, um, as a marketer, and as a person, so personally or, profi- or professionally, what is your value proposition?
1: You know, I like to think of my, think of myself as a kind person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm really inspired by the be kind approach to life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just we're all human and we're all trying to muddle through life mm-hmm. as best we can. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have a responsibility to bring each other up so just being good being kind trying to lift up my fellow man or woman is it's is all is a thing for me and, so, and i like that
0: so i like it too i think kindness and i like the word kind i like how it sounds and, and you speak another language what is kind in
1: hmm, that's a very very good question yeah. so in igbo the closest thing to wow I'm going to have to get back to you on
0: Absolutely.
1: And I asked
0: ask that question. Yeah, it's a tough can, one. Because um, the energy around the sound kind is just very, I feel like it's a nurturing word as opposed to like rock, right? So, you know, there's just the, in terms of how mm-hmm. the texture sounds on your yes, ears. So yes, that's, yes. that's why I, I like the word. It's a soft kind. word almost. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so it kind of lulls mm-hmm. you into like a way of thinking. But it's something that's a bit lost in a lot of the ways that humans are yes. evolving and developing, yes. so where do you think, or how do you would you kind of inspire our listeners to find kindness in their space?
1: Well, I don't think you're really looking to find kindness Wait, because I get you, mm-hmm.
0: but sometimes it's not present.
1: True, but it's not present because. You, the person thinking it, has not created it or mm. acted out of kindness. So when you go looking for kindness, you should be the person mm. that is being kind. Right. Because, because, yes, you're right. It's a cold, cruel, hard world yeah. where everybody is running and right. hustling. And right. one day, so we have a toll gate that separates, Lucky where I live, mm-hmm. going into Victoria Island. Mm-hmm. And this toll gate every morning is crazy and it's packed and it's pure madness and every once in a while when i go through this toll gate i will pay for the person behind me oh
0: that's nice and
1: just keep going i don't know who this person is i haven't seen him in my life or her in my life i just say for the next person and and i go yeah so about two months ago two months ago i did this and i just kept driving my merry way and the person that i paid his toll drove up beside me wound down his window, and motioned that I do the same. So I wound up my window. This guy was angry and fuming. And he was yelling at me, asking me if I thought he was poor. Did he look poor? Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow.
1: So that that kind wow. of... <laughs> yeah. So now, granted, I got the wrong person, clearly. Who knows what his day was going through at that point? But... But that was such a Lost slap in the face. Yes, completely, completely, Lost completely. In translation. So sometimes your act of kindness will backfire. Okay. You yeah. you might give a homeless person some food, and he'll give you a look that says, "Well, I want money instead," and he'll be genuinely angry with you. So you just have to. But it's just two acts that went wrong. It doesn't mean sure. that you shouldn't do it. it doesn't or, mean you shouldn't or keep or trying.
0: Or received or perceived in a
1: in the opposite way.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah. but you still have to just keep doing it. Yeah, and. And you do it in the hopes that people pay it forward, in the hopes that people see it or hear about it and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not big on kindness where you make a big announcement of it. I I think, yes, I think that's disingenuous. Even though, as a marketing person, if the bank donated money to a school, (laughs) I will let the world know. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But, um, but, but yeah, 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 so... Kindness, kindness just works. Um, Ellen DeGeneres, who I yes. absolutely love yes, yes, yes,
0: yes, is
1: yes. my inspiration in this regard. Sure. I would love to be sure. that kind of person. And yeah. I think we should all be that kind of yeah. person.
0: Yeah, that's a lovely Yeah, it's lovely, just pure lovely, magic. Lovely. Pure yeah. magic. And, it's, and it's really fun to watch. And it's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. yeah, that's one of those And
1: you feel good. Yeah. The thing about being kind is that from a very selfish perspective, it just feels good. So exactly. you do something good for somebody while that person is thanking and grateful and all the things that they're doing in response to your kindness, mm-hmm. you just get a bit of a happy, high Energetic feeling. Energetic lift.
0: Yes. You raise seeing... your vibration.
1: <laughs> completely, completely. So I'm kind because I'm selfish.
0: And that's very I valuable. To feel good. That's, one, that's one valuable thing that's yeah. selfishness is, is wonderful. That Absolutely.
1: One. And Absolutely.
0: I know, just to be said, I don't believe that selfish, you can never be too selfish with yourself. True. I call that being self-full and and we all need to recognize what what makes us feel good. That is not to the detriment of anyone else, but Mm -hmm. just making ourselves feel good. Okay. I love it. All right. So because you are a marketer, I want to ask another thing, Mm -hmm. question about you. And that is, what are you reading now?
1: So I just started reading Good to Great.
0: Oh, okay. It's but a book a that
1: came out. Classic. Yes, yes. came out a long, long time ago, yes. but I just never got to it.
0: Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So recently I was at an event where a speaker spoke about this book mm-hmm. and what it meant to and, and the fact that good isn't good enough and all of that. Mm-hmm. And he spoke so passionately about it. And I said, you know, I have this book. Let me go back and start reading it again. Because I want to read it and actually call him and have a conversation about it. Okay. So so that's what I'm reading. I just started it and I'm looking forward
0: to it. Okay. That's a, that's a good one. Um. Yes. I remember, and I like you. I have the book, uh, but I never cracked it.
1: Exactly. Like, exactly. I got it. It was.
0: It felt like, oh, this is, I got it from, like, our COO at the time. He gave everyone the book. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, I want everyone to have this book because it's really inspiring and yes. everything. And it felt like, okay, Mr.
1: Exactly. So yeah. you, you take these <laughs> yeah. gifts. Yes. you put it somewhere yeah. and you go about your daily life right and you're running exactly. around doing your work and yeah. you're cycling and you're Instagramming and doing all the different things you're doing right you never get you, you, you never get into it but it's a it's a definite page turner and yeah I'm enjoying okay. it so far right. and uh-huh. timing is everything yes yeah yes. and it
0: kind of you know all the dovetails with the Niger.
1: No, they last. No last. Yes, no <laughs> you're going good. To last. Great. Yes.
0: Um, this has been such a lovely conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank so thank I appreciate you. your time. And do you have any last words for our listeners?
1: Follow me on Instagram. Okay. Amatio yes. Kobe.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. So we can follow you on Instagram or you Facebook any other social media platforms. We will put in the show notes, but you can
1: Absolutely. tell us now. But so Kobe. Instagram with Kobe. Twitter, M H E M Akobi, Facebook sadly isn't quite as exciting as it used to be. Yeah. So I'm much more engaged on on Instagram. The if you instance. like to read, go yeah. ahead and read.
0: He's a did you say paragraph lady?
1: exactly right <laughs> yes yes I use every single character available when I post my captions on Instagram
0: which is short stories which I enjoy yeah. I enjoy your storytelling
1: It's like so it's, it's like my yeah. journal it's, it's a right, journal exactly and at some point there will be an app that will let me put everything from all my posts yes. into a book and then I could sell the
0: book. Um, yeah, exactly. Or you can keep on selling it on a blog. You can, I mean, there's so much this that's is what's wonderful. It's like there's so many ways to Very true. get content out Very there. True. So, I, I like the idea. Of, and however you fashion the medium, is, yeah. is wonderful. It's a great outlet, great outlet. Okay, Amechi, isn't this name so has a lovely ring to it?
1: Let me tell you what it means. So yes, it means?
0: yes, yes, yes. So, yeah.
1: Amechi is short for Onyemechi, mm-hmm. and it's Ibo. And it means who knows tomorrow. Who knows what tomorrow brings. Right. So my name means who knows what tomorrow brings.
0: Who knows what What tomorrow tomorrow brings.
1: brings. Absolutely.
0: And on that note, the only thing we know that's going to bring tomorrow is... Sleep. (laughs) Well, that too. What we do know that is coming tomorrow is another episode of Global Citizens coming your way. Maybe not tomorrow, but definitely next week. Thanks so much, Global Citizens, for joining us this week. My name is Florence Adu, and you have been listening to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around doing something in the world. And you can reach us at or catch us anytime at GlobalCitizensPod.com and wherever you enjoy your podcast. So until next time, bye for now. Bye. <laughs>